If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Geek Vibes Live is rated G for geek. This is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rodney Taylor, a.k.a. The Penguin Gotham. You are listening to Geek Vibes Live. And here we go. Hey, Bubs. This is Cal Dodd. You're now listening to Geek Vibes Live. All those names just, like, promoting Geek Vibes Live is awesome. It's great to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Geek Vibes Live. I'm your host today, Nick Smith, and joining me on the panel today, or tonight when you'll be listening to this, is Dane Alves. What's up, Dane? Because it's not Dane Alves, it's Peter Griffin. I want to say, don't listen to fucking Geek Vibes Live. They're douchebags. <laughs> uh, well, fuck you, Peter Griffin. Uh you know what? You can go fuck yourself. Uh, American Dad is a far superior show than Family Guy. That's <laughs> some bullshit. Yeah, didn't you hear All that right. Peter Griffin's getting his own movie? Oh, They're making a Family great. Guy movie. Oh, Amy Schumer's going to play me. <laughs> oh, that's, that'll make Dane so happy. Um, also joining us uh, is Kane and Myrickle. What's up, Kane? Woo, woo, what's up? What's up? It's another uh, glorious, glorious day. Indeed, sir. Uh, so we got a bunch of topics, um, but before we jump into our topics for the day, uh, Peter, can you just fuck off now? Like, can you go away? Are you gonna Are you gonna hang around and just chime in whenever the fuck you feel like it? I think I can yeah, go away. Um, I'll, I'll get gained. I uh, I tied him up in his uh, mother's basement and did things to his butt. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, well, hopefully Dane will make it back uh, at some point to the show. Um, but until then, let's uh, get started with our first topic. Is Tom Cruise going to play Hal Jordan? We've discussed this a few times. It's kind of gone in waves as far as the possibilities, but the news is out there again. Uh, it, it seems to be picking up even more steam than it did previously. Kanan our residential uh, D.C. news gatherer, enthusiast, what have you. What have you been hearing about this? And, uh, you know, what are just your general thoughts on whether Tom Cruise, the, the likelihood that he will pick up the mantle of Hal Jordan? And just what are your thoughts in general on Tom Cruise playing Hal Jordan? Um, well, the... Apparently, this this news came uh, from a report back in March um, before uh, Jeff Johns stepped down uh, from his president position and was going to do a complete rewrite of the script. 
right. Tom Cruise was somebody that was in talks um, to play Hal Jordan. Uh, so right now, everybody's saying that that's old news, that that's not happening, but I have seen some people say on, uh, on social media that uh, Tom Cruise is, could still very be uh, heavily in the mix for um, a role um, as Hal Jordan, especially um, after his time uh, spent with Cavill uh, on Mission Impossible, that apparently, you know, they've become friends, and they've talked a lot about superhero films. Uh, you know, uh, Cavill and uh, McQuarrie actually have talked a lot about um, Superman. Uh, there was even talks of maybe, you know, him doing a Superman film if it was right. So I don't think that right now you can you can say that Tom Cruise isn't in the running, uh, but it is just, you know, speculation at this point. Um, the rumor was, you know, that, his character was going to be killed off. Uh, he didn't like that. He actually wanted a bigger role. Um, so he, if they changed the script, you know, then he would stay on and, and do the role, which I think, honestly, the buddy cop system that they were talking about doing at first, I think that would be perfect for Cruz because uh, it would give him that mentor-type role for John Stewart or, you know, whoever else they brought in. Uh, for Green Lantern, I mean, it's probably obviously going to be John Stewart. Um, and Tom Cruise is a great actor. I think this would be a huge get for DC. Uh, the, I know the guy's like 54, 55 years old, but he still does all of his stunts. If anybody saw Mission Impossible uh, Fallout, they can, you know, you can see that the guy is still a major uh, player when it comes to box office draw. Uh, so I think he'd be a great fit. I, I, I don't necessarily like the idea of them killing off um, Hal Jordan, uh, but I could see where they could be going with that, uh, you know, kill him off and then bring in uh, John Stewart to take over, you know, the role. Um, but, you know, Cruz doesn't see himself slowing down, so he could probably do two or three Green Lantern films, um, you know, until he's ready to hang up, you know, his acting. Um, so, He's always been one of the people that's been fan casted for Hal Jordan, or, or rumored uh, to, you know, possibly play that role. So, I have nothing against it. I mean, I would be all for it. Like I said, if it was just a solo Green Lantern film, I probably wouldn't be so much for him because of his age. I would like to see somebody else a little bit younger to kind of, you know, go back through uh, maybe a proper origin story uh, for Green Lantern. But if it's going to be that buddy thing where you know, you've got the origin for Jon Stewart and Hal's already kind of this seasoned veteran, then, yeah, I think Tom Cruise is perfect for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think he's established himself as a very, uh, you know, qualified action star at this point in his very, very illustrious career. And, you know, furthermore, just a hell of a good actor in general. I mean, he's kind of known for this, this action film, um, legacy that he has created uh but people kind of tend to forget that i mean he's been i mean he was in rain man born on the fourth of july um you know, countless movies back in the 80s risky business uh the one uh, where he was the football player which the title escapes me right now um not to mention more recently you know a, a film like collateral in which you know it's not a, a, a typical action movie 
there is action in it, but it's it's much more drama based and that that character was was very very impressive. Uh so I mean he's he's got a very storied acting career and obviously like you said Kanan has the chops to pull off any kind of stunts that you would want to um that you would want to pull off in 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 pretty much any action movie. Um as far as as far as him playing Al Jordan, so I mean we all have said yeah, I mean of course I would be on board. I'm kind of with you in the sense that I would probably rather have something with an origin story and everything else. However, I don't think that having Tom Cruise with the way that they can do de-aging and everything else, obviously you wouldn't have a quote-unquote origin story, but they could utilize flashbacks to see how he became um, one uh, one of the Green Lanterns. Uh, and I could definitely see that, uh, you know, working its way, you know, working its way out. In fact... I feel like I remember reading somewhere that Tom Cruise like has a lot of times licensing in his picture deals to do like touch ups via CGI on his face for his films. Um or either it was either that or some kind of makeup, but I think it was like post um like CGI touch ups, uh, to make him look a little younger. So, you know, I mean with that being there they could just kinda you know, utilize that what's already there, and 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 take it a step further and make him really young if they wanted to do a flashback uh, to kind of show how he became, uh, the, how how Jordan became uh, a Green Lantern Corps member. As far as them telling him off, I am totally with you, Ken. I I think telling off. I mean, I I could see where they wouldn't necessarily want to have two Green Lanterns uh, with the Justice League. But maybe you could have John Stewart take up the mantle with the Justice League and have Hal Jordan's character kind of continue as the sort of leader of the Green Lantern Corps for the for the Green Green Lantern Corps sequels, or vice versa. Maybe Hal Jordan could be the guy to interact with the Justice League, and and then John Stewart could be, you know, one of the core members of of the Green Lantern Corps. However, they wanted to pull that off, but I I think. It would it would be a mistake to me to preemptively kill off a character as important as Hal Jordan um, before you even really um, establish that character in this universe. We saw how that kind of split audiences with Superman and Batman versus Superman. I don't I would not make that same mistake again. Like let's try to develop these characters and and really um, you know raise the stakes as far as emotionally, the emotional stakes for the audience before you make any sort of decisions like that, just in my opinion. Uh, but, Dane, what are your thoughts on all of this, um, you know, that Kanan and I have discussed uh, thus far? Well, first of all, have you guys heard from a fat, stupid New Englander outside of myself on this program? Because I don't know where he is. I just found my phone. But he tied me up in my mother's basement and tattooed a unicorn on my ass. And I do not appreciate that. And I will find you, Peter Griffin. <laughs> bitch. Anyways. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck uh, that guy. Yeah, jerk. Doesn't know, he doesn't know shit about shit. Anyways. Um, yeah, but I, I've, we've been talking about the possibility of this. We've talked about the rumor back, you know, going to when they had that short list that somehow had Ryan Reynolds on it and Tom Cruise was one of them. I mean, it's been going on for a while. I think Kane said March. That's probably around the same time. And now 
the reports that you know we're hearing on Collider and Heroic Hollywood and a lot of these outlets is that he's on the short list now, and that back when they were making the script, before I'm assuming Jeff Johns you know, took it over to rewrite it, that was his problem or his reasoning behind whether or not staying on the project or not, whether or not Hal Jordan died or not, which you could tell, you could take as egotistical, but I mean, if he has commitment to want to be in the film more than one, I don't think that's a bad thing. That, that's a good thing. I, I, I'm just worried about Tom wanting to be strapped inside of a fucking rocket or try to float in space without a space suit or something like that with his own stunts. Um, that kind of scares me. But um, in all reality, I think getting someone like Tom Cruise, like we said, would be a great idea. Uh, you incorporate, kind of like you were alluding to, Nick, flashbacks to kind of take you back. Because, honestly, they could do an origin story with Green Lantern. Even though the other one was not, you know, was not good, a lot of people don't know Hal's story. Um, I mean, technically, you could just take parts of a Top Gun and chop them up and just kind of put them in there. And, uh, you know, we'd figure it out. But, um, you know, the, the, the real story of him being a part of Ferris Airwaves and, 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 and learning how to, you know, become a good pilot and even going way back before that where his dad dies in front of his eyes, you know, taking off um, some malfunction happens with his uh, jet and it blows up in front of him. I mean, that, that type of stuff you can do in flashbacks. Uh, Tom Cruise is a very intense actor, to say the least. So I think that he would be able to produce um, – just really great dynamic for this character. And, you know, I, I, I'm just skeptical a little bit when it comes to, you know, um, him wanting to stay around and them killing off in the, in the script. Now, like I said, I was speculating and trying to put into place based on rumors where stuff goes. But if this is John's, you know, new story that's about to become a screenplay and, you know, it's all recent and Tom Cruise wanted to remove it, I hope – because Jeff Johns, I mean, most comic book fans know, he redefined Green Lantern. He brought back Hal Jordan in the comic books. You know, uh, Green Lantern Rebirth was so refreshing. He created the Sinestro War. He created the, uh, the war between all the corpses with the colors, incorporating the Red Lanterns. And, and he's, he, his mind understands this on a sci-fi level even. So I just... I would like to see Hal Jordan. It doesn't have to be some parasite or whatever the fuck they try to in that Ryan Reynolds movie. Hal Jordan becoming Parallax in comics is very similar, and even though he's older, obviously, to Anakin Skywalker becoming Darth Vader. You know, just losing it at the end, giving into fear and anger that Sinestro wants him to, which I guess in a weird way Sidious is to uh, Anakin and going and killing the Green Lantern corpse, restarting everything, just completely losing his mind, and consuming himself with power and trying to take out the galaxy. I think that Tom Cruise would actually be really cool to represent that style and and bring that dynamic. And then you just have a younger Jon Stewart, like we all said. You make this a buddy cop movie. Whether or not he dies, maybe that's somewhere you can go with Hal Jordan. Uh, Hal, you know, either leads the corpse and does the Green Lantern movies, and Jon Stewart goes into the realm of the Justice League movies, like we already established, or you have it where he does become Parallax, John sticks around, and they introduce Kyle Rayner, maybe, or, or one of the other human lanterns. There's so many great alien lanterns and human lanterns to choose from. Uh, Kyle Rayner for his new partner, and it's kind of the story of that, of John trying to teach Kyle what Hal taught him, even though, you know, you got a very, very similar parallel to Star Wars, which they've always kind of bounced off each other, you know, lots of inspiration from each, you know, so 
I, I would think that that would be awesome. Um, and anyone that has the whole Tom Cruise is a bad actor, I've already gone in it. You know, long story short, fuck off, basically. Uh, <laughs> I think that if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But they could use – they have a lot of guys that are, are great. They have a, a lot of potential with acting, you know, whether it be Gal Gadot or, or Henry Cavill. It's very similar to the MCU. The MCU did have a couple mainstream actors, and that wasn't bad either. Tom could basically be their Robert Downey Jr. to an extent, uh, but he could also do it much like Robert, where he doesn't have to be that much on set for parts. I mean, a lot of it's going to be CGI and stuff like that. So I think they could really make this work. I think, like you said, they could de-age him for, for, for uh, flashbacks to the past, uh, and you could really bring out different levels of the Green Lantern story and make it this own epic cosmic odyssey, if you will, and still have enough human lanterns for one to end up the Justice League of America whenever they decide to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and way to, way to bring like sweatiness uh, to the conversation. I love it. Uh, Kanan, did you have anything to add before we move it on? Uh, no, that's, that's about it. All right. Sounds good. Uh, well, let's, before we jump into our next, uh, comic, uh, related topic. I wanted to keep it uh, Tom Cruise central here for a second and just touch briefly on Top Gun 2 has been uh, making the rounds as far as casting. Ed Harris and John Hamm uh, have been announced as far as uh, Top Gun 2 as far as the cast is concerned in, in quote-unquote mystery roles. Also, uh, Lewis Pullman uh, and that is, of course, in addition to Tom Cruise, Val Kilmer, uh, who will be returning as the Iceman, uh, as well as New Edition's Miles Teller, Glenn Powell, and Monica Barbaro. Uh, mainly here I want to focus on uh, Ed Harris and John Hamm, the, the two biggest names in, in this. Um, this is awesome. Ed Harris is such a badass. Uh, he was terrific in Westworld. Uh, I saw him in something else recently that he was really good in. Oh, um, uh, I don't know if y'all had a chance to watch it, but if you haven't yet, I strongly recommend checking out Kodachrome. It is a Netflix movie um, about uh, a, basically a father and son uh, story about a father played by Ed Harris who's dying of cancer and Jason Sudeikis plays his estranged son. Um, I won't give away any more than that, but it is a very excellent movie. Uh, and um, Scarlet Witch herself, uh, Elizabeth Olsen, is also in the film. Uh, very good movie. You should check it out. Um, but Ed Harris, terrific actor. Uh, John Hamm, we mentioned his name on on the website probably and, and on the Facebook page probably at least once a week, if not more, uh, because I think he is one of, if not the clear-cut favorite in our eyes to take on the Batman mantle. Uh, ben Affleck does indeed leave the project. Uh, but when you when you hear this, Dane, I know that uh, you, like me, are, you know, are a big fan of the original Top Gun movie and all of its cheesy 80s action glory. Um, because that movie is very, very 80s, um, very, very, uh, <laughs> it's just very 80s. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. Um, 
but uh but you hear you know these additions these these actors that are that are joining um Ed Harris John Hamm and and any of these other people if you want to touch them I think Miles Teller probably being the biggest other name um but uh but what are your thoughts on on these actors joining this project and the fact that you know we're we're getting a uh it's you know pretty set in stone we're getting Top Gun Maverick uh at some point in the near future well, I, I think it just, you know, goes it, – it makes me think, and, and, and what a lot of people are thinking, that they're taking the the route that uh, basically they did with um, Ryan Coogler with, with Creed uh, bouncing off of Rocky, taking a franchise from the 80s. And, yes, obviously Top Gun was a heck of a lot more fun, and, and, and the first Rocky was definitely a lot more gritty, but – it's not so much going to the roots, but making the sequel to it, the years later version, um, much, uh, much more um, in tune with what's going on and probably will be a lot more dramatic and not as cheesy, which I think, you know, either way you go about it, it is awesome. But I think that if they can do, if this can be what Creed was to the Rocky movies, this to, to Top Gun, Top Gun Maverick, uh, you know, they got a great director in uh, Joseph Kaczynski, um, I think that the best movie that he probably made was Oblivion, um, but he's got a and only the Brave, but he's got a great direct uh, direction, and and he wants to do well uh, for Tony Scott, who originally wanted to do this movie and had a lot of ideas in this, and is kind of going into that direction. Uh, the cast is incredible. Um, I mean, the fact that Val Kilmer's coming back, you have Miles Teller, who is uh, Goose's child, coming to learn from Tom Cruise from Maverick. So that's a, that's an awesome dynamic that, that, that has your, 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 your creed going to Rocky to fight basically sort of dynamic. And Jennifer Conley's coming back. Uh, Ed Harris and John Hamm just makes me think that they are taking this seriously. Ed Harris as a good friend of both me and yours, Nick, and a part and a friend to the um, Geek Bats Nation itself, Brandon Kirkpatrick said, um, you know, Ed Harris wouldn't sign up for a project that he would think would, make him look bad, basically. He's that type of actor, and I appreciate yeah. that about him. So if he's going to be a part of this, this is definitely because he sees potential in this. And if they can get that style of making this a story of redemption, if you will, you know, for, for, for Goose's child, for Maverick to show him the way, basically. And maybe he feels not responsible, but, like, there's certain elements, like, I need to – very similar to Rock. I keep on going back to it on – um, an, you know, an accident, but very similar to Rocky with Adonis. And uh, if that's the way, I think that Miles Teller is a fantastic actor. I don't give a shit what people have to about him and his personal life. He's a great actor. You know, I, I, I think they have an outstanding cast. And I think that John Hamm and Ed Harris and also Glenn Powell, those additions I think are great additions to the already great cast. And I'm also hoping to see Val Kilmer have a little bit of resurgence. Uh, you know, a lot of people kind of yeah. forget about him, but he is, was an incredible 90s actor, you know, especially in movies like Tombstone and The Doors, uh, where and, and also later on with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, where he was able to take... He was a great character actor, very underrated, in my opinion, character actor. So he gets to bring more experience to this kind of... I mean, the first role he was known for, but really didn't have a lot of depth to it. And maybe we get to see a relationship... You know, I think that this is going to be great. I really do. It could be end up being a flaming pile of shit. But as of right now, from hearing 
who they have and, and, and what it looks like they're doing with the film, I have a lot of hope for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much on board with, with what you're saying there. Um, I didn't know Miles Teller was going to be playing Goose's son. That is an awesome revelation, and I love that. Um, but the uh, biggest thing I want to touch on that you mentioned was um, kind of the, the transformation, or, or not necessarily transformation, that's not the right word, but the um, adapting uh, to, the, to the time, to the era that you're in. I would agree with you. I don't expect this movie to – and, and we say cheesy – um, it's not that the whole movie itself was cheesy. I mean, it had very, um, it had, had very strong moments in it. Of course, when when Goose dies, um, that is a very impactful moment for you know both Meg Ryan's character and Maverick um, and and uh, Kelly uh, Preston is that who it was? Um, I think um, her character, um, uh, the uh, the flight instructor who Maverick. Um, uh, had affection for, um, but anyway, uh, it, 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 that that's such a, a a very powerful part of that movie, um, and there are other parts in that movie that are like that, and then they're kind of interspliced uh, spliced with um, you know uh, montages with the backdrop of Danger Zone, and then you know um, dudes and their pecs playing volleyball and 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 things like that. Um, that really, really set it up to be like a very 80s movie. So, it, like, when you watch it, it's not a movie that I would say is, say, timeless, like, say, something like Predator, where it's like, you can watch that movie now, and you're like, did this come out in the 90s? Like, maybe, it's, you might even say 2000s, if you, like, didn't know Schwarzenegger well enough to, like, be like, no, that's, he's too young for it to be the 2000s. But, like, it, it, it's timeless, whereas... You know, Top Gun obviously isn't, but I would expect this movie to very much be more a product of, of today's style while still having, you know, paying some homage um, to what Tony Scott set up, like you said, a la Creed and, uh, and Rocky. Uh, but anyway, Kanan, uh, pass it over to you. What are your thoughts on Top Gun 2 and the fact that Ed Harris, John Hamm, and Miles Teller, among some of these other names, are joining the cast. I mean, I think it's setting up for a huge film. I mean, and a film that I'm not going to say it will top the the '80s Top Gun, but I mean, they're they're really going out. I mean, this movie right now is shaping up to have just a phenomenal cast. Uh, John Hamm and Ed Harris being added to it, um, you know, really intrigues me. Uh, to see where they're going, uh, and I am glad that Val Kilmer is going to have some sort of role um, in the film. I, I don't really know how much he'll be able to do. Uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, Val got stricken with uh, the throat cancer, and it's really taken a lot out of him. I'm glad that he's still uh, performing and getting stuff done. Uh, he really made, um, you know, he was a great antagonist in in that film. So I'm not gonna, not really sure. Like I said, I think this might just be more of like kind of a cameo uh, type role just for, for fans of the original. Um, sure. I, I'm excited. I mean, in a day and age where Hollywood is just a lot of repeats and reboots and sequels and stuff like that, I'm really excited for this film um, because I think it is going to be its own thing, uh, but it's going to still honor the original film um, in a lot of ways. It's 
it's kind of like Halloween. Uh, you know, I'm excited for that movie because it's going to honor the original in so many ways. So I, I think there's a lot to look forward to. And, you know, like we talked about earlier, you know, it's got Tom Cruise in it. So um, we, we know the guy's still going strong, and everybody, I think, can give a best performance. And uh, I look for this to be one of the better, uh, you know, sequels that we've gotten in a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think uh, it definitely has that potential. And it, I, I, I do kind of agree with you in the sense of, you know, in, in an era of where we do have so many reboots and sequels and all that, like, and especially an era where we have so many sequels, they come years after the original that we're kind of like, hey, you kind of missed your window. Um, this seems like one that could go the direction of Creed and, and be very successful um, despite having so many years in between the original. It seems like this could be the kind of movie where having had like 35 years in between the two uh, it isn't necessarily going to hurt it both um, as far as you know audience and critical appraise, praise and uh, you know, box office numbers. I think um, I think I expect this movie to do uh, fairly well as far as the box office is concerned, too. Uh, but let's move on. Unfortunately, we have to discuss Ben Affleck's personal life, which we try to steer clear of, uh, mostly just out of respect for the actor. Um, but uh, we do have to cover this. He has. Um, unfortunately, checked himself back into rehab for his alcohol addiction. Essentially, um, there were some photographs that surfaced of uh, him having alcohol delivered to his house. And um, basically, Jennifer Garner, um, I guess, saw the, the, the photographs and um, not necessarily confronted him about it, but but it seems from, from what I've read, she... Um, you know, reached out a hand to talk to him about it, and basically, you know, he made the decision along with her that he needed to check himself back into rehab, so she uh, took him to rehab, and that's where he is as of now, as far as I know, um, at least since I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, so anyway, as this, uh, obviously, we, we just wish the best for Ben and to, you know, get all the help he needs. Um, you know, addiction is um, a terrible, terrible disease, and we, um, you know, wish him the best in his uh, road to recovery. Um, but as far as this pertains for, um, uh, you know, his on-again, off-again relationship with the Batman and, you know, whether he's going to play portray the character and all of that, um, it seems to be yet another in a long list of roadblocks to him uh, reprising his role as the Cape Crusader. Um, Dane, you know, what do you take from, from this story, and do you think this is kind of signaling, I hate to say it, but for lack of a better phrase, kind of a nail in the coffin as to, you know, Ben Affleck portraying the Batman moving forward? Well, I mean, to start off with, and you said it, I think, very well, uh, a lot of us, you know, me, Juwan, I'm sure you, Kanan, we all got just very aggravated by this ongoing, offgoing, is he going to do it? Is he not going to do it? Then will you figure it out what the hell you want? And, you know, when you take, when you hear something like this, which is very unfortunate, um, 
you, you think about maybe I should take a step back and realize and reflect of what Ben Affleck has gone through the last couple of years outside of playing a character I want him to play. The man has gone through divorce. He has children, you know. Um, there's been lots of scandals. He's gone. Now he's going back to rehab. He's had issues with that. He played a character where I think that he bit off more than he could chew, that Warner Brothers kind of shoved down his throat. Um, he had his first movie that took a dive, even though it was a really good movie. It just didn't do what Warner Brothers wanted it to do. Um, so he's had a lot of stuff over and over again. You know, it, it's got to be tough. And, you know, addiction is no joke. Um, if you have something, I think it's really – it speaks a lot that he realized, you, you know, with or with help – with or without the help from his ex-wife, Jennifer Garner, that he needed to go back. And that's awesome. You know, the first step, obviously, is admitting that you have a problem, and he's done that. Uh, so I just wanted to say, because I, I know I've said at length, like, you know, been angry about Ben, you know, kind of going around everything, when there probably was a lot of stuff involved with, you know, them picking a director after, you know, he, he probably, I'm assuming, only going to be, originally, the rumor was, many years ago, he was going to direct Justice League. Okay? So now, out of all of this, it seemed like they threw a lot at him. And then, okay, actually, you're going to direct Batman. Okay, I can do that. Then the whole entire obstacle of him having to direct while being in that giant suit which I can completely understand might be very, very difficult to figure out. And, and the stress from all that, if, if, if that, I mean, I'm sure it's that Warner brothers outside of DC is, is kind of like weighing on him. If that has anything to do with it, just let the man go. I want, I would rather Ben go get better, you know, tackle this. He's an incredible, incredible director. Okay. He is someone that will have a great resume. I would rather him worry about that. If we can't have him as Batman, that is fine. There are plenty of actors that can do just as good. As, he's already made the blueprint. You know, this is what they want for a Batman. The next person just to come in and give, make it their own. So if that's the case. I'm completely fine with it. I, I, I would rather worry about the man's health. Um, than anything else. It's kind of like, you know, and, and anyone that's a wrestling fan that listens to Wrestling Geeks Alliance, a little cheap plug, um, on Wednesdays at 7 o'clock EFC. Um, if you guys have heard us, if, if there's a wrestler that we've been, like, you know, really enjoying for a long period of time, and he has an injury, you have a lot of fans that want him to get over that injury and just come back in the ring. And if they, you know, Matt Hardy, for instance, uh, is someone that we were talking about. He's thinking about retiring. He's destroyed his body. You know, he can't do it anymore, and still fans persistently want him to just get over it and get back in the ring. No, if he wants to go and be with his family, that's fine. You know, we've got to realize these people are humans. Yeah. So when it comes down to that, with Ben, he's a human. And I'll throw in my top five of guys to replace him, you know, if that has to be, regardless of age. I've been saying this for a while. John Hamm, obviously, is my number one. But, I mean, outside of that, I, I see a lot of – I keep on saying Oscar Isaacs. I, I, I think that uh, Michael Fassbender has always been a great choice, Carl Urban. Um, you know, there's, there are plenty of actors that could take that role and make it their own but still give you the Ben Affleck Batman that he did such a great job. And the fact that Ben Affleck was able to give us the most comic-accurate Batman after all the backlash 
I mean, guys, really, there was a post from five years ago when I found out about Ben Affleck being uh, Batman, and I guess I was intoxicated, uh, in which I said, proclaim that my good friend Tommy Winkler, who's a martial artist, very stoic, uh, you know, he has a lot of the traits. I was like, fuck Ben Affleck, man, Tommy, you need to play Batman. You're Batman in real life. And it just, like, laughed at me that I had such a problem with it, you know, based on what we go back on. And now that's the reason why we want him to stay around. He's got other stuff going on. If he ends up playing Batman somehow out of all this, great. If he can't, his health's more of a concern than anything else. I've listed many actors, like I said. There's probably even, like, 20 more that could probably play this role. And like I said, what's good is that he gave the blueprint, and not only that, he gave a try to do this better than me, you know? So that's yeah. a great thing for an actor to step up into, especially John Hamm, who should play it. John Hamm. Yeah, John Hamm would would just if they're if they're going with what's already been established and and not trying to revamp the character, um, I think John Hamm is is the go to. If they're going younger, I could definitely see Army Hammer um, being a, a a potential fit. He's already got the charisma with uh, Henry Cavill um, from the movie they did with Guy Ritchie, um, uh, the man from Uncle. And, like, I could, I could definitely see him. I mean, he's got the build for it, if nothing else. Uh, and I think he's got the the necessary charisma. If you've seen The Man from UNCLE, um, he pulls off that character very well. And he does a very, very awesome uh, Russian okay. accent throughout that whole movie. Um, and so I, he I, was I, supposed to play Batman. He was supposed to play Batman right. in uh, mm-hmm. Miller's Justice League movie. Another person that like that for a younger guy, uh, Josh Hartnett, I've already said it, he turned down the role uh, of Christopher Nolan's uh, Batman movie that inevitably went to Christian Bale. He's younger. Right. He's like in his late 30s. You know, they're younger or older, Jake Gyllenhaal being another name thrown around, they'll find someone yep. that's suitable. to. So, sorry, I, I didn't want to cut you off, but I wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, uh, Kanan, um, your thoughts on – um, you know, I guess, you know, basically Ben Affleck's uh, continuing battle with his alcohol addiction and how that pertains to um, the uh, the um, DC uh, universe going forward. Uh, man, I, I mean, to be honest, the, the Ben Affleck stuff's kind of like beating a dead horse. I mean, it, I know it's great for news and and clicks for sites, and I mean, hell, I mean, we we haven't run with it because I just don't feel like this is something to really run with because it's it's personal, and there are people like posting images of him on the way to rehab supposedly, and I mean, I just feel like this man can't get any peace from uh, from the press and from uh, fans that are like, I mean, I, I'm. I get people are wishing him well, but they're, like, tagging him uh, on social media. And it's like, he doesn't need to be tagged. He's not on social media. He's not going to see this. Uh, right. He's, you know, the man has true, legitimate personal issues. Um, and and honestly, man, I feel like a lot of it could be because of the divorce. Uh, that Well, I mean, they actually haven't got divorced yet. The judge actually postponed it. Um, but I'm glad to see that Jennifer Garner standing by him. You know, she's come out and said that, you know, that he's the love of her life. I wish in a way that they could reconcile 
and get back together because I feel like that was when Ben was like at his best. I feel like they were strong. Ever since they that that turmoil in his life, I feel like it, it's kind of put a lot of pressure on him. It does. And Dane's right. I don't think he ever really knew the amount of pressure he would get from playing Batman because not only was he scrutinized when he got the role, then he came out and nailed it, and then people just were hounding him so much um, that you know he couldn't go anywhere. He couldn't promote uh, his movie Live by Night. Because people constantly wanted to talk about Batman and this, that, and the other. Right. And I'm sure Warner Brothers was in his face all the time, like, hey, dude, we need this movie. When are you going to get it done? When are you going to get it done? And I think, honestly, the writing's on the wall. I, I want him to come back, but I just don't see it. I think there's just too much in his life. Uh, and if he does, then it's going to be down the road um, in, in you know, kind of a cameo or something like that. But I'm just going to go ahead and – set myself up for the fact that I don't think he's going to come back as Batman. Uh, I think Warner Brothers is going to push on with what they've got, and that's just what we as fans need to look forward to. You know, we need to look forward to Aquaman. We need to look forward to Shazam and, and Wonder Woman and, you know, these other movies that they've got in the pipeline. Uh, but as far as Ben Affleck goes, I just want him personally to get back to enjoying his life, get back to enjoying what he does, I don't want him to feel pressure about anything. And I want people to stop tagging him and stuff, stop posting pictures of him, you know, out with his family and, and all that. I mean, because that type of lifestyle can lead to stuff like suicide and, you know, stuff like that. I mean, just all that constant pressure uh, on people. And uh, I just, you know, I don't want Ben to ever, you know, get to that to get to that point. And then there are people out here twisting articles about him going to rehab. Oh, Ben Affleck's a druggie or a drunk or whatever, so he can't play Batman anymore. It's like, man, it's just so distasteful. Um, but, you know, I, I think I think the Ben Affleck news just needs to die down. I mean, when he gets better and he makes an announcement or WB says something, then I think it's something that people can talk about. But uh, in the meantime, the main focus is just uh, if you're a true fan of his, you just need to wish him well and in your own thoughts. Don't tag him. Don't do a thousand tweets or Facebook posts about Ben Affleck or whatever. Just wish him well in your own uh, world, and uh, we'll just you know we'll just go from there. Yeah, like um, positive vibes or thoughts and prayers or whatever it is that you know you personally do. I get that. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, as as a as a person who um, very much values my own privacy, um, I, I totally get where you're coming from. Um, you know, of course, it was it was something that we felt like we had to discuss today. But as you said, we haven't really been running with it on on our on our website or anything like that, out of respect for for Ben and and um, you know, essentially everybody involved with that situation. Um, but uh but yeah, I mean I, I ultimately agree with you. I think um, you know, uh it is it is stuff that we do have to discuss, um, you know, because it's what we do. Um, but we do try to be respectful and keep it to a minimum, um, especially when it pertains to somebody's private life. Um, because, you know, ultimately we're here to talk about movies and you know, actors as as they are in movies and directors as it pertains to their films, but not so much, um, 
you know people's people's private life that is that is their um own time and own space and should be respected as such um so so yeah basically um uh let the man be and um you know wish him the best and and hope for the best and you know we'll uh like Kanan said we'll eventually hear from Ben or or Warner Brothers and you know when that happens we'll uh we'll cover it ad nauseum again <laughs> when when that uh when that time comes uh but anyway um Dane did you have anything to add before uh we move on No no not really just you know I mean it's it's a weird thing to say but just realize people are humans I guess um you know yeah. addictions not something fun I mean I've I've admitted in the past, and I don't mind admitting on air that, you know, I had issues in the past. It's been probably over 10 years, and it was really hard. And if I didn't have good friends and family at the time helping me out, um, I could be still having issues or I could be dead. So, you know, obviously this man's going through some stuff that's pretty serious. And uh, whether it be drinking or anything like that, let him get help, have his family there, and then worry about whether he's going to be Batman or direct your next favorite film. He's a human being. So just remember that. People are humans. We should probably be a little bit nicer to each other. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, Edgar Wright, same director for Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, and his latest big hit, Baby Driver, uh, is in the running to take over the new James Bond project. Um, Danny Boyle uh, is apparently out of the project due to creative differences uh, with, you know, from what I've heard with both the studio and with Daniel Craig. Um, Kanan, uh, hopefully you can, you can elaborate on uh, any, any of the news that you've heard as far as uh, any sort of particular reasons why Boyle is out. Um, but Edgar Wright has made the short list um, and in my opinion, would be an excellent choice. I mean, the guy has shown his his range, especially most recently with Baby Driver. Um, you know, he's got a comedic touch that a, a sophisticated comedic touch that I think would fit um, a James Bond film, uh, especially like these especially looking at baby driver because baby driver was not a comedy um whereas his his previous movies have have mostly circled around the 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 world of comedy uh with you know uh horror elements or action elements thrown in whereas baby driver was an action movie that circled and had comedic elements thrown in which is essentially what any good James Bond movie um short of uh, 1967's Casino Royale, uh, starring uh, the truly magnificent Peter Sellers. Uh, but aside from that one, um, James Bond movies typically have, uh, you know, are action-driven movies with nice comedic elements. I think he's got the right sort of comedic approach. I think he would be terrific as if, if they already have a basic script, you could let him doctor it. He's very good at um, uh, you know creating one-liners and different things like that, where you know he could he could throw in these little bits, terrific uh, additions. So I mean I think I think if if you're telling me that you know you you have 
a short list and Edgar Wright's on it. I don't even need to hear any other names. Like, just give it to Edgar Wright. Like, I'm all in for that. I think it would be, I think he'd be a terrific fit. My my only hesitation, my only concern, is of course that Danny Boyle kind of seems like um, a, a, a director who would basically say like. Look, I, like I would love to do this project, but I do want to do it my way. So, like, let me make a move. Let me make a James Bond movie. And Edgar Wright seems to be in that same vein. We all know um, that you know he was set to take on the project of Ant Man, and due to creative differences, had to back out of that. Now, that being said, um, the the circumstances with him having to back out of Ant Man, and the circumstances for Danny Boyle in this new Bond film could be completely different and, you know, have no real parallels. But that is the one thing that does slightly concern me. But other than that, I am 100% sold on Edgar Wright if Sony, you know, ends up choosing him to helm Bond 25. Kanan, your thoughts on Edgar Wright and uh, any, um, you know, little breadcrumbs of news that you want to uh, elaborate on as far as Danny Boyle, uh, his departure from the project? Uh, yeah, as far as Edgar Wright goes, I think Edgar would be a great choice. In fact, I just watched uh, Shaun of the Dead last night, uh, which is a great Edgar Wright film. Um, but uh, the, to answer your question as to the rumor as to why Danny Boyle left, um, apparently him and Craig did not see eye to eye on who Danny Boyle wanted to bring in uh, as a Russian villain. And so apparently Craig, you know, has a lot of pool, and uh, they just didn't, you know, that's the rumor right now, that Craig did not like Danny Boyle's choice for the Russian villain, and, you know, they left. I mean, I don't know if there's any way that they can get this worked out and Danny Boyle could come back or if they're just going to move on uh, and find somebody else. I mean, the way they're talking, he's, he's off. Like he doesn't want to come back at all. And they're just going to, they're going to find somebody else to try and, you know, meet the deadline, which I don't think they're going to meet the deadline for the release date. Uh, so they'll probably be uh, pushed back. Um, but no, Edgar Wright would be a great choice. I, I think this is just speculation though. I don't think anything's really, uh, you know, been confirmed that uh, as far as he, you know, because it's still pretty quickly, uh, you know, of a choice since Boyle was just reported leaving what Monday or Tuesday, and all of a sudden Edgar was on their on their list Thursday maybe. So it, it seems like maybe Edgar has always been in their back pocket possibly, and uh, mm-hmm. it's just going back around to him. So. No, I mean, I think Edgar would be a great choice. Um, but you're right, though. He he did have issues with Marvel when it came to Ant-Man. That's what ended up getting him removed from the project. So if he's got that similar mindset uh, that I want things my way, then I'm not sure that uh, that's going to work, you know, if you know Craig really wants it his way. I, I've always been kind of maintained that I would like to just see Sam Mendes come back and just kind of complete his trilogy, you know, because he's done the last two Bond films. Uh, I'd like to just see him come back and kind of finish it off, because I do feel this will be Craig's final outing as Bond, uh, and it would just be a nice little send-off for both of them. 
Yeah, I mean, I, that that I would have no problem with that, honestly. I mean, I think Mendez is a fantastic director. He, in fact, directed uh, one of my all-time favorite comic book movies, not superhero movies, but comic book movies, um, uh, Road to Perdition, uh, which um, was just a fantastic coming-of-age story with the backdrop of, you know, um, Prohibition-era gangster flick, um, fantastic movie. Um, if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Uh, starred uh, Tyler Hecklin, in fact, one of his uh, very first roles, uh, but we'll get to him later. Um, but, uh, Dane, um, you know, what are your thoughts on uh, Danny Boyle's departure and, you know, perhaps being replaced by Edgar Wright? And do you have, I guess, any sort of trepidation as far as, um, you know, Kanan, you know, brought up the, the reasons at least rumors why uh, Boyle has reportedly stepped away from the project, and with Edgar Wright being a similar, uh, from a, cut from a similar cloth as far as, you know, he's he's a director. He wants to be able to make the movie that he wants to make, or do you think that Sony would kind of have that ironed out, um, you know, before they hired him, as far as having maybe a sit-down with Craig and, and make sure that the two of them see eye-to-eye, whereas maybe maybe it's just a case of making sure that your director and your lead actor see eye-to-eye before you go through with uh, making a, a hire, um, you know, as opposed to, uh, you know, well, this is just another director who's wants it his way or the highway, you know, so to speak. Um, your thoughts, Nate? Yeah, if they have a film that's trying to end the Daniel Craig era Bond films, they probably want they have a story probably in mind, and they probably want a director that's going to go in there, do a great job, um, and, and just be able to give them the film that they want. If that was the reason why, as much as I love Dick Boyle and think he's an incredible director, if that's what changed their minds with maybe him having comments on the script or it being about the villain or the actor playing it or just, and, you know, like, like, uh, like Kane said, I mean, I don't think he's a producer on, or like an executive producer, but Daniel Craig has a lot of pull when it comes to this franchise right now. This is the last film that he, he basically did not want to come back. They, they, they got him to come back. Um, and if this is going to be the last send off for his bond, unfortunately that's, that's the way Hollywood works. Um, yeah. Do I think that if they were to have someone like Edgar Wright come in, if they would have the same problems? There's that possibility. But here's the here's the difference. Um, Marvel wasn't as big, you know, when Edgar first came on as Ant Man, and when they by the time that the movie was supposed to come out, they definitely were huge and way more popular. But you know, maybe he was. Uh, he has a bunch of experience. But what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that time makes you view your judgments in the past. And maybe if, if it's just about, hey, a childhood dream of play, or directing a James Bond movie, and they, they told them what they want from it, they told them about the intrepidations of, you know, they're not saying, hey, we want to take away your creativ- creativity, but this is what happened with Danny Boyle. We just want a great, fun James Bond film. I think that he would be okay with it. Um, you know, I understand that makes a lot of sense based on Ant-Man and based on what they probably want and what Sony wants. And Sony, I don't think, understands what they want in general, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if, if, if that's the case, um, 
they want a director to do what they would like. But I think that also a lot of people are thrown off by the idea of Edgar Wright because of the movie he's known for. Um, maybe they haven't seen Baby Driver, uh, which definitely has some humor to it, but it's much more in-your-face action. Um, uh, but, yeah, The Shaun of the Dead, um, you know, all those movies, Hot Fuzz, uh, that trilogy that he has. And then also uh, Scott Pilgrim. They're definitely weird and, and different. But just realize, guys, and this is someone, and, you know, you guys should say Mendes. I, I think that would be fine. But if they, if, just like Edgar Wright, if you're worried about that, realize that Martin Campbell, who did Casino Royale and did Goldeneye, I would say arguably two of the greatest James Bond movies of all time, he had mm-hmm. much more of a humorous style of directing uh, outside of that. I mean, he made The Legend of Zorro. He made, uh, well, The Mask of Zorro also, uh, Vertical Limit. Yeah. He also a train wreck Green Lantern movie, but, you know, obviously he's better at certain things than others, and that's not something to hold against someone. But what I'm trying to say is Probably that... Some studio that, interference there, too. Yes, exactly. What I'm trying to say is that someone that has more comedic chops or, or does it more of like a family action movie style, he still put out two of the greatest James Bond movies. So, Dead Mendes... Uh, yeah, get him to come back. Get Martin Campbell to come back. Edgar Wright, if he's willing to play ball, let him play ball. Even if he's a little bit more comedic, it does not mean that we won't see an amazing James Bond movie. And if if you don't understand that, go see Baby Driver. And if you don't still understand that, go see Baby Driver again. I don't know what the hell to tell you. <laughs> yeah, uh, 100% agreed. Um, two things before we move on. <clears throat> Just curious. Uh, first thing, I'll pass it around, and then we'll get to thing two. Um, what's your favorite Bond film, Kanan? Uh Skyfall. Ah, yes, a more recent one, but yes, very, very awesome movie. The the way they stripped well, that down at the end and had like had it, you know, just this this face off in in you know, basically rural Scotland was was awesome. But you. Kane, you had something to say to follow up with that? Yeah, Skyfall, because Javier Bardem, to me, is one of the best Bond villains ever. Uh, okay. Great performance. Um, but I also really love Goldeneye. Um, in, in fact, I love Daniel Craig, but I always loved Brosnan's take on Bond because I felt that he – I feel like he embodied kind of – he tried – I'm not saying he was trying to be like Sean Connery, but I feel like he embodied Bond. I feel like Craig is a more edgy Bond, uh, mm-hmm. kind of a, an alternate type take on Bond. I feel like Brosnan was uh, – he okay, Ben Affleck is everyone's favorite comic book version of Batman. In my opinion, Brosnan is my favorite version of James Bond. And that's no knock on gotcha. Connery. I just did not grow up with Connery. Uh I actually kind of liked Timothy Dalton as a uh, Bond, but I, I liked Brosnan better. And it's not a knock on Craig either. I just, like I said, I'm just basing it on who I think embodied who James Bond was, and I think that's uh, Brosnan. Yeah, very. I mean, I I don't think there are really any wrong answers except for Timothy Dalton or George Lazenby. Um, but uh, <laughs> but hey, you know you you you. You did say you just liked Dalton. He wasn't in your like top two. So, um, but uh, but no, I mean I I kind of agree with you. I think Craig was is is probably more um, 
and it's been so long since I've read an Ian Fleming um, 007 novel. Um, but I think I think Craig is probably more in tune to the way that Fleming wrote the character. Um, but because Connery like was the first to portray the character on screen and and just captured this such a such a cinematic figure of the character that is 007. Um, I, I think that that has become more enigmatic with the character than Fleming's actual character that he wrote. Um, so I can see where you're coming from, where Pierce Brosnan captures a ton of that. Um, was was probably up until Daniel Craig my second favorite Bond. Um, so uh, so yeah, I guess I'll go ahead and go. My favorite Bond is, is obviously Sean Connery. Um, because I did grow up with all the, you know, all the old school Bonds. And honestly, when I was a kid, um, I, I, I really, really like, liked Roger Moore a lot. And as I've gotten older, I kind of like, it's not that I don't enjoy his, his, um, take on the character. I just don't enjoy it as much as I did when I was a kid. Um, and my, like, love for Sean Connery's take on the character has like never wavered. Like it, it, I loved it when I was a kid. I still love it now. Um, like he is awesome, but I do, I do think Daniel Craig is actually, like I said, in the spirit of Ian Fleming's novels is the closest thing to James Bond that we've ever gotten from, uh, from that perspective. Um, and my uh, my favorite uh, Bond film. Actually, I'm gonna let you go first, Dane, because I've got two. Um, so if you say w- one of the two, then I'll, I'll I'll have a backup for us. But um, favorite Bond film, Dane. And if you want to throw out your favorite Bond, feel free to do so. Yeah, my favorite Bond film of all time. My dad had a uh, uh, well, a VHS set, if you will. Yeah, back when VHS was nice. around. The Sean Connery films. Um, I watched Thunderball probably a million times, so mm. I would be fine if I didn't say that was my favorite Bond film of all time. Um, I have like a top five, but I don't want to. If, if you if you want to disclose what your favorite is, I'll, I'll say the other four. Uh, but that one's definitely number one. The other ones are kind of like whatever in whatever order within the five. So what was your number gotcha. one? Well, I'll give you my top two then, since since you've got a couple more to throw out there. Um, my top two, my number one is, is, uh, definitely Goldfinger, um, which is the, it's the third in, in the series. It came out right before Thunderball. Thunderball is another one of my favorites. Um, but, uh, the fact that the two things, one, the fact that Goldfinger was like the one Bond film that did not, um, really, the, the villain did not really have a connection to Ernst Stavro Blofeld, um, like no connection at all. All of the other villains had like some string of connection to Spectre and Blofeld and all of that. And like Auric Goldfinger was like the one badass villain who could stand on his own. Also had Odd Job, who is probably like immortalized even more than he should be because of uh, the video game Goldeneye. Um, but nevertheless, super super cool character. Um, and, uh, Pussy Galore, like, <laughs> like, that was, that was, like, the first Bond, uh, Bond girl who, who, like, had a very suggestive name, um, which I just, like, it, you know, as a kid, like, it just, it still kind of makes me snicker a little bit, like, it's like the kid inside me, um, uh, that, that kind of gets me, 
Um, but my, my second favorite is definitely Casino Royale. Like, Casino Royale, like, it, uh, it's just, it's a masterpiece uh, as far as, I think it is the best Bond film. Uh, my favorite is Goldfinger, but I actually think Casino Royale is the best Bond film. Um, it's got everything, everything all together. Um, and, it, and it does have my favorite uh, um, Bond girl uh, in um, Vesper, what's her last name? Vesper Lynn, I think. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, anyway, those, those are definitely my top two. Uh, what, what are the others on your list? Yeah. So Thunderball would definitely be number one, just because I, I remember that, un, that underwater battle scene with the agents and stuff like mm. that. And just thinking it was yeah. cool with the spear, just very vivid. Now, the funny thing is my other two from that era, uh, which is actually, um, Goldfinger and also Dr. No, I think hormones were more, intact for my decision making of why I like them so much. <laughs> <laughs> Old Ursula Andrews. Yeah. Coming the out of the water. Yeah. Naked or or the, you know, having them having to go through the um the system and Doctor No to like get uh, yeah, basically I don't remember exactly why I like those movies as much as Thunderball. <laughs> that one I saw that a million times. It's so so awesome. But yeah, it would be the other Martin Campbell films. It would be Goldeneye, and then the only one I honestly have seen from Daniel Craig is Casino Royale. Um, oh, I, wow. I, I, you I, haven't I, seen Skyfall? I went and saw Skyfall after we friggin' drank at, a, at Taco Mac and, and was watching a Falcons game and was completely hammered, and then we went <laughs> to a, a one with, uh, you know, food and drinks available at it, um, a movie tavern, and uh, free, free shout-out for you guys even though you have horrible food. Anyways, um, and I kept on drinking, and I passed out drunk uh, probably a third into the movie, and everyone was mad at me because I was snoring. So I've been meaning to go back and watch, but I haven't gotten a chance to. But the, all, those five movies I think are awesome. I also love Roger Moore, though. I forgot the name of the movie where the witch doctor's after him. That was another awesome one. That would be um, Live and yeah. Let Die. Live and Let Die, yes. Yeah, Live and Let Die. Yeah, I love this movie. Yeah, that was that was his first uh, first Bond movie, as I recall. Um, but uh, 1973. Um, but uh, but yeah, Kanan, did you have any more just that you wanted to throw out there as far as on your on your list? Mm, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, Casino Royale is a great movie. I mean, it was uh, it was traditional. I think as far as like Craig being Bond, you know, the suit, the the card game, the the drinks, and, and stuff like that. I feel like they kind of uh, went into a more uh, Mission Impossible type vibe um, with the the last ones, but I'm not complaining because, like I said, Skyfall uh, is one of my favorite films. I, I I really, like I said, I like I loved Goldeneye, um, and I really liked um, Spectre. And I know a lot of people felt like it was the weaker movie, um, you know, out of the ones that Craig's done so far. But I mean. I, if I had to pick any of the weaker ones that Craig's done so far, it would be uh, Quantum of Solace. Uh, See, but, I mean, inter- uh, all four interestingly really enough, I'm opposite on that end. Like, I like you I thought Spectre is the worst. Yeah, not yeah. I thought it was the worst, and I didn't think it was like I didn't think it was like bad. I just thought that like I think. Quantum of Solace gets shot on a lot, and I don't agree with that. Like, I'm like, dude, Quantum of Solace is a fucking badass movie. Like, I like, I really like Quantum of Solace, and I thought Spectre was just okay. So, like, so kind of the opposite of you in in that, like, you know, when people, you know, kind of trash on 
uh, Spectre, you're like, dude, it wasn't that. It was actually a really good movie. Like, I'm kind of that way with, with Quantum of Solace, so. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not knocking on Quantum of Solace. Like I was saying, you know, I, it, it's it's hard to even say Quantum of Solace is the worst because I feel like all four of Craig's movies have been really good. Uh, yeah. But I do think more people crap on Spectre, and I'm not sure why. I mean, uh, I mean, it, some people say it's a lack of villain, but I thought he was brilliant to find out that, um, you know, that he's been toying with him in it, since the beginning, since Casino Royale. I mean, just, you know, really, um, you know, brings it full circle. So I, I really loved uh, that movie. I kind of like those thriller-type uh, – not really thriller was the wrong word. Those, uh, you know, they're just kind of like mental mind game-type movies. And I felt like that was what this movie was based thriller. on. And, yeah, psychological thriller, right. Uh, whereas, you know, you had uh, – Batista was the muscle, so to speak, Um but, you know, you could say that uh, Javier Bardem's character was psychological as well, uh, Very much just so. kind of the way he toyed with him. But, uh, no, I mean, like I said, I just – Quantum of Solace just doesn't really stick out for me um, like the other ones. Maybe I need to go back and watch it again. It's been a while since I've uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it, um, but that, you know, that's just me personally. I, I really like the fact that it picks up pretty much right where – um, Casino Royale leaves off and kind of takes Mon into a new direction because obviously uh, Casino Royale is based off um, the very first uh, novel, James Bond novel that Ian Fleming wrote, um, which was the mm-hmm. final novel um, that it was like the last of, of his, I think, 12 Bond novels that had not been made into a film. So it was like, it made sense, but they, you know, instead of going back and repeating you know, movies that had already been done, they were like, all right, where do we go from here? And I, I thought it was I thought it was very well done, the way they, they transitioned right into that and him tracking uh, Mr. White and all that. And I thought him coming back up um, in uh, Inspector, um, he, right? He made a reprisal in Inspector, uh, Mr. White? Uh, yes, he did. He was... Uh, yeah. He was the one that uh, Bond found, uh, and then he went to find his daughter. So yes, he yes. he was in that. Yes, yeah. So um, so yeah. I mean, I, I thought having that character, kind of um, him following him, and then you know leading to I don't remember the guy's name, but um, but the, the the ending is is the ending of that movie is is really what gets me. The I don't I won't spoil it on here, but um, the ending of Quantum of Solace is, is super awesome. Um, but, uh, but anyway, um, real quick, before we move on, uh, Iris Elba came out and said he's not going to play the next James Bond, uh, much to everyone's chagrin, or at least, uh, um, you know, half, half the internet's chagrin anyway. Um, so that being said, if you could pick anybody to play the next James Bond, who you got, uh, start with you, Dane. Well, if Idris doesn't want to do it at all, who's my number one choice? Henry Cavill. I think that he's got a look, yes. a dynamic. I think that he'd be perfect for it. I think he's better than Tom Hiddleston. I love Tom Hiddleston. I'd rather Tom Hiddleston play a villain for James Bond and have Henry Cavill play Bond. But, yeah, either Elba or, or Cavill or Bust. Uh, well, I, I, this might be a three for three because I'm not even going to try to come up with a, like a second choice because Henry Cavill is my first choice. Idris Elba is my second, 
Um, I would be totally fine. I just love the idea of having somebody young enough to carry on the Bond mantle for a while. Um, and I think Henry Cavill totally fits that bill. Um, he's great in The Man from Uncle. He's expressed interest in playing the character, um, like very enthusiastic interest in playing the character. Um, and, I mean, I, he, he just makes sense on so many various levels for me. I, I I honestly can't – well, and, you know, now you've got him as a sort of a staple in uh, the Mission Impossible, um, or at least thrown into the mix with Mission Impossible. So, um, yeah, to me it just makes sense on so many different levels. He's He's got the build. He's, you know, obviously British. He can, um, you know, totally pull off that sort of suave um, – uh, dangerous character of James Bond. I think I think he'd be perfect. Kanan, are we three for three or do you have a dark horse? Uh no, I would I'm definitely pro Cavill. I think Man from Uncle was uh audition for um James Bond and I I feel mm-hmm. like he, he nailed that uh role even though he was playing an American agent. Um but he is you know, he is British um and I think that he's of the right age. Uh, I'm not sure right now what's going on with his contract uh, situation with Warner Brothers as far as coming back for Superman. Uh, If there is something uh, that happens that they don't work out a deal and, you know, he doesn't get to portray Superman anymore, then I think Bond would be a huge get. I honestly feel like if they were to offer him Bond and you know, and he was still on the table for Superman. I, I wonder which one he would take because I don't think he could do both. I think he would be, uh, you know, too tied up with uh, the Bond films um, to really do Superman unless he just is like The Rock and can, uh, you know, shoot two movies at once, it seems. Um, I would love to see, uh, you know, depending on where they want to go, I would love to see Elba in the role if they went that way, but Elba's already come out and personally said that he's not talked to anybody about doing it. And he, you know, I mean, it's not saying he wouldn't, but it does seem like Elba's off the table. Uh, But yeah, Cavill would definitely be uh, the best choice. Uh, His stock has only gotten higher since Mission Impossible. Uh, The guy's just a a charismatic actor. I mean, there, I know there are people out there that don't really like his portrayal of Superman. I love it. Um, But Cavill is, such a uh, you know a three-dimensional actor he can be funny he can be serious he can be uh, you know emotional I mean anything you need him to be uh, he can be it and he can turn it on with a dime um, and in fact if you've seen uh, the movie well they actually just leaked the trailer it wasn't official but his next movie coming out is called Nomus if you go online and you search for Nomus if you watch that he's in that he finally gets to kind of do a role where he uses his British accent so, I mean, I'm sure that, you know, was, was good for him to be able to do that. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, the and then there was a movie on Netflix that came out called Sandcastle. If you haven't seen that, uh, go and, and watch that. He does a really good job in, in that as well for the time he's in there. Um, if nice. I had to pick somebody yeah, other than Cavill, uh, I can't think of anybody. If he's not coming back as Loki... Uh, then, I mean, maybe Tom Hiddleston, but I just can't see him as Bond. I know people, like, people want him. I'm just, I just, I don't know. I didn't, 
I just always see him as Loki. Like I didn't even really care for him in uh, in the Kong movie. Um, I felt like he was a distraction because I just, every time I looked at him, I was thinking, you know, dude shouldn't be stabbing Thor or something like that. I don't know, man. He's he's kind of typecasted <laughs> right now for me. And I and I know it's not fair to say because he is a good actor, but maybe if he can distance himself from Marvel, uh, you know, for a couple films, then maybe. Uh, just maybe, but right now all I see him as is Loki. Yeah, I can I can see Hiddleston pulling it off, and the main reason I say that is because when they announced Daniel Craig was going to be the next Bond, I was like, yeah, I don't know about that. And then of course it was like, oh yeah, dude, he's got this. Like he's he's just fine for the role, and I can see Hiddleston pulling off that same um, that same kind of vibe. But he just wouldn't necessarily he. It honestly would probably be maybe not even in my top five. Like, he would be down the list, but I wouldn't be, um, I don't know, I, would, I wouldn't be upset if, if that's who they cast. But, um, but yeah, so here uh, on Geek Vibes Live, we are all in for Henry Cavill for, uh, James, for our next James Bond, and that would be awesome. Um, anyway, let's, uh, let's move on. Uh, Lost actor, as well as Lord of the Rings actor, Dominic Monaghan, will be joining the cast of Star Wars Episode Nine. Per usual, there's no information as to who he will be playing, how big his role will be, or any, or, you know, pretty much anything, um, which is, you know, how Disney likes to do it. Keep it close to the vest. You know, we always bitch about how Warner Brothers is just, like, leaking shit left and right. Um, you know, so I guess we can't bitch about that and then bitch about Disney keeping stuff so close to the vest. Um but uh, I'm excited. I mean, I hope he's I hope he's got a relatively significant role. I think he's a pretty damn good actor. Um, you know, he's uh, kind of made the runs the rounds rather as far as you know various different projects uh, since Lost and Lord of the Rings. Um, but uh, but I think I mean I think he's he's got you know really good acting chops. He's the kind of actor that you would like think of when you're like who would like who would be a good like Star Wars like like supporting character yeah Dominic Monaghan like he would be good like you could you could fit him into so many different little roles um so I, I'm excited I hope he's got a at least somewhat of a significant part it seems <clears throat> it seems like a lot of actors though you know or at least a lot of actors who carry um any amount of weight as far as their name you know, whether it be Simon Pegg or Joseph Gordon-Levitt or even Daniel Craig who, or Tom Hardy, those two um, non-credited. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of these actors, you know, we hear about um, through rumors and then it's like, oh, yeah, they have like three lines in some part where you couldn't even see their face or, you know. So, obviously, uh, as far as his involvement, we don't know yet. Um, but, Dane, what are your thoughts on... Monaghan um, being in the next Star Wars movie. Great. You know, this this is one of those situations where it's like, are you happy that a future movie you're looking forward to is going to have a good actor in it? Sure. What is he playing, though? That's that's the question, like you kind of were alluding to. Like, we don't know what the role exactly that he's playing. You know, I'm hoping they're not going to get him to play, like, R- R2-D10, you know? Ha, ha, ha. Get it? Because he's shorter and he was a hobbit. Never mind. All right, anyways, but, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, he was good at Marion in the Lord of the Rings movies, and I loved him as, uh, I think his name was Charlie and Lost. 
Like he's a good actor. You know, it's it just like like Nick said, they pick big actors to play kind of background roles. So we don't know. I, I'm assuming since they kind of made more of an announcement with this that he is going to be playing someone significant. Um, but it just depends on what they uh, decide to do with them. But who cares? No one's going to see the next Star Wars movie. Remember, they, they Star Wars is done. Everyone hates it now, right? I remember. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I think come December 2019, everybody who says they're not going to go see the next Star Wars movie will find themselves sitting in a theater saying, I can't believe I'm watching this next movie. Um, because that's the way things go. Like, even if you hated The Last Jedi, and even if you hated The Last Jedi and hated uh, The Force Awakens, like, if that means you're a Star Wars fan, um, more than likely, and so you're going to go see the, the final, you know, the final part of this trilogy. Um, Kanan, uh, correct Nick, me if I'm wrong. Nick, Nick, um, are you real going quick, to though. go see... Huh? Real, real quick, though, if, if, if no yeah. one goes to see it and you're the only one seeing it in theaters, does that mean that you're the last Jedi? Huh? Um... Uh, no, because I am not a Jedi. Like, I don't, I don't have that. Well, I don't know. Maybe I do have that moral compass now. Um, Luke sort of dispelled the myths of the Jedi being, uh, you know, these fucking, uh, saints or whatever. So yeah, yeah, I could be the last Jedi. I could do it. Um, I always saw myself as more of a Han Solo though. Um, but anyway, and that's just totally wishful thinking. I'm totally, I'm more like Wedge. Uh, yeah, no, I'm more like Wedge Antilles, like, <laughs> you know, but anyway, or like Biggs, like, you know, anyway. Um, Kanan, <laughs> are you going to go see uh, Episode 9, despite your um, disappointment, we'll say, with uh, Episode 8, and what are your thoughts on Monaghan joining uh, the cast? Uh, of course, I'm not going to let one movie keep me from being a fan. I mean, exactly. I... I you know, I still love, I still love Star Wars, and uh, there were parts of the Force. I mean, uh, not the Force Awakens, but of the Last Jedi that I did enjoy. Uh, just overall, I wasn't pleased. But no, I mean, I definitely go see the next one. I mean, um, this is going to be the end of the Skywalker saga. Uh, that's the way they're billing it, anyway. So I definitely will be there. Uh, but yeah, I'm like Dane. I mean, it, I'm glad that they're na- that they've cast somebody of relative fame but at the same time you know they're like but we don't have any details so it's like how can you really get hyped i mean because you don't know who he's going to be i mean for all we know he could be um you know cast as a character that's in a suit or makeup and you know might be one of those people that we hardly know because you know simon Pegg uh was cast but he did a voice role you know he wasn't actually in the film so um you know i I just want to kind of wait and see, uh, you know, who he might play. I mean, we know who the main characters are going to be. So um, while his role might be significant, I don't think it's going to be of anything that's, uh, you know, could potentially change the course of the film. You know, they they made the big deal about uh, what's his name being cast. Um, oh, um, tell me out what's his name. The uh, Benicio the one Del Toro. that has a stutter. Yeah, Benicio, yeah, Benicio Del, Toro, Del Toro, great actor, but I mean. You know, his role could have been so much more. You know, there were always there was this thing that he was going to be this Sith Lord or that he was going to be this great villain. Ended up being, 
you know, comedy. He was just pretty much there for uh, comedic relief, you know, with his stutter and, and stuff that. like that. So mm, he, I feel like they could have took advantage of a guy that's a great actor a lot better than what they did. So, I mean, sure. I think, I think, I think more of that had to do with fan speculation than anything, but I, I think the role the, the the role after he was cast took on a life of its own in fan speculation, whereas the the the, the part was probably never really that big. Um, but I will say no, I this. know, but I mean, you cast somebody of that name, you know, you, you I know, but you cast somebody of his stature, and you're just kind of like, oh, you know, he's sure uh, because I mean, take it because he was probably overcast. While his part, role, I will give you that. Yes, exactly. Because, I mean, you may not think his role is that great in Marvel, but, I mean, the time he's on screen, he is capturing the audience. I mean, just he's, uh, you know, that collector role, you know, what he's doing in Marvel is one thing, but uh, I just, I don't know. He could have been a lot more. But I get, but I understand exactly what Dane is saying. They're, they've, they've casted Dominic, but they've not really said who he is, and everybody could get hyped, and then he's just, uh, shoveling uh, shit in the background or something, or some <laughs> farmer boy that you know opens the gate for them to escape. I mean, it could be anything. I have no clue, but uh, but yeah. no, I mean, yeah, it's good to see him land a role that hopefully uh, will uh, you know get him back in the spotlight because I don't think he's done anything really since Lost. I mean, um, I've not really seen him in anything. So hopefully, you know, just get him back in the Get him back in uh, movies. I, I, I think he's been on a few, a uh, couple different television shows, as I recall. I, I don't know which ones off the top of my head, but, um, but no, I, I, I think you bring up an interesting point, um, and I, I want to touch on it really quickly before we move on. I feel like if I have one criticism about the new movies, it's that there are too many characters that they're trying to incorporate into their stories. And I feel like at times it maybe makes the stories a little too bloated and, you know, basically makes it so that, um, you know, that our main characters maybe don't quite get enough spotlight, um, you know, that we, we want to see them get. I mean, you know, Poe, you know, was, was hyped as the next kind of Han Solo and, and, you know, he, he kind of got his due in, in the most recent movie, at least in my opinion. I know a lot of people didn't like the whole coup thing. Um, I think more of that had to do with Laura Dern. And that's, that's a whole other topic we don't need to get into. Um, but, uh, Tana, do you think that, like, perhaps, like, you know, all, all of these various um, sort of, you know, side characters kind of detract from um, our main characters? Uh, somewhat, and maybe if not that, maybe make the stories have maybe made the stories a little too bloated, where they could have been a little more streamlined. Uh, I mean, I think I mean I think if you try to add too many side characters, I think you do run into that risk because um, I, I I don't remember the original Star Wars, you know, really getting into that. I mean, they really just focused on their their main core. I mean, you did have some side people, but they didn't really stand out that much. So um, I, I don't know, like I said, I don't know where they're going with this. And this is probably, you know, maybe just the first of many that we might uh, see because we still don't know who Carrie Russell's playing. 
you know, Carrie right. Russell was also cast in Star Wars, so uh, we're not sure, like, you know, the extent of her. That's another actress that they haven't said who her role is. So hopefully she's not just reduced to shoveling donkey shit in the background or, you know, doing whatever. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, shit. if you add all these people to the movie and you say, hey, this movie's stacked, is it really stacked? I mean, it's got a great cast, but what are they doing? I mean, are they of any significant importance? Or did they lend anything to the movie? Uh, you know, like if Dominic Monaghan ends up being like uh, like a Force-sensitive uh, person and, you know, he uses the Force, okay, you know, maybe uh, he could play somebody in a future film. You know, are they setting up future films with some of these characters? That's, you know, that's where you kind of want to go because – you don't want to just have Carrie Russell and Dominic to be in the film just to say they were in it. You know, you hope that people, um, you know, that they lend some, you know, credence to the film. That's not really where I was going with the question, but okay. Um, Dane, um, your thoughts on, do you think like that maybe the films are a little too bloated with, uh, you know, an overabundance of characters. Like they're, they're trying to put in, um, so many characters that maybe a detract from the story, or do you think that's just you know part of the story, and you know I, I, that's just the way it is? Well, yeah, if they can do it, they can do it. But they have shown that they have had too many people within the film, and if they kind of cut certain, you know, if I were to go back, uh, if they were to cut certain aspects of the story out with characters that really didn't matter as much, it probably would have been. I, I don't know. I liked the last two movies. I actually like The Last Jedi more so than The Force Awakens. I know I'm crazy. Me too. But, that, but that's just how it is. Um, but I will agree. I mean, uh, with Kanan saying stuff like that, they do tend to pick... I mean, Lupita Nyong'o, she played a little CGI fucking whatever the hell that was in both the last two movies for two seconds. She's provided a voice. She is... I, I, when I heard about her, and this is you know, fans throwing what they would see from the actor into it. I thought she might be a Sith Lord or, or maybe like a bounty hunter or something. And it was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. She's Yoda's she's, grandma. She's just some, cool. yeah, she's just some, some little alien who has a crush on Chewbacca. Okay. And basically in the same thing with, uh, Benicio del Toro, he had a big role in that film. Now that part of the film is, I think across the board, the least liked part of the film for whatever reason, just, felt like it didn't flow as well. Um, not so much for the people involved with it and stuff like that, but just, just the story itself kind of could have been not in there or kind of cut around. You know what I'm trying to say, basically. Yeah. But Benicio Del Toro could have seen being someone way bigger, but also at the same time, I was like, before him, when he got cast, and I was like, well, they've already, I mean, they already have their, their big villain, and then they have his leader. Like, what the hell would he be able to play? You know, maybe if he was Grand Admiral Thrawn, but, you know, would be way too old to be able to play that. I'm just uh, hoping that Dominic Monaghan plays Wedge's son, who's trying to come back and learn from from Luke how how to be a good pilot like his dad. <laughs> uh, through Luke's force, guess you mean? <laughs> Whatever. Fucking, that works too. <laughs> uh, yeah. <Done. laughs> um, yeah, and, that's what and, I was and, getting at. And, and uh, so begins the speculation. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Katie. No, that's what I was getting at when you asked the question about it being bloated. I'm saying if they're gonna, if the people that they're bringing in are gonna play an important, significant role to the film, then no, it won't 
it won't seem like it's a bloated film. But if they have all these people just standing around shoveling donkey shit in the background, then yeah, it's gonna be like, why even have all these people in this movie? Uh, you know, so it's just it needs to be you're bringing these people in for a reason. Like Dane said, if Dominic Monaghan is, I mean, that'd be pretty cool. You know, to be a little nod to this, uh, you know, throwback. Uh, to this person, like, you know, Carrie Russell could be freaking, uh, my Jade, you know, y- yeah, I mean, anything. I mean, if you're bringing them in, it's, like I said, to serve a purpose other than just saying that they're in the movie, then yeah, then it, it's going to be fine. But you just, like I said, you just don't want to just have these people standing around, uh, just to say, hey, Carrie Russell was in the movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I see where you're coming from. I, I, I kind of meant more, I don't know. I, I meant it, I guess, in a different fashion. Um, but uh, I, I, I guess it, in the grand scheme of things, it's like you, you, I feel like you can't complain too much about Phasma if, you know, you don't complain about Boba Fett um, because not like Boba Fett really did anything of any great significance in the movies. Um, and, you know... Uh, you know, to a certain extent, I mean, at least Benicio del Toro had, like, a significant, um, his character had a significant role in the story, um, albeit a small part, but, you know, still had a, a significant role in the story. I mean, he broke Rosenthin out of jail, and he double-crossed him, um, which ended up giving away, you know, the... Um, you know, where the rebel base was, and that ended up setting up the final act of the movie. Um, So, like, I mean, he had a significant um, story as far as the movie is concerned. Um, My my question was more over, like, I guess, like, is there a way you could have crafted the, the, the story to where you didn't need that character, but you could achieve the same thing and then cut out a lot of the movie. So it didn't feel, I know a lot of people felt like it was uh, so long, um, but yeah. nevertheless. Yeah. I, and that's, and that's honestly what they could have done with uh, Boba Fett because Boba Fett is an awesome character and people love him because of the, the outfit he wears, but you could have honestly made every star Wars movie and never introduced Boba Fett and people wouldn't have, you know, we would have never thought anything about it. But right. you brought him into the movie. He stands around. He has a couple of cool lines, but he does absolutely nothing. He actually did nothing to capture Han Solo. It was all the Empire and Darth Vader that did that. Uh, so he, whoa, whoa, whoa. you he, mean really? You could have had. You could have had. Yeah, IG-88. He, was, he was the one who tracked Han Solo because when when Han Solo. Uh, like uh, ejected uh, with the the track for the yeah we are he but did Han but Solo the empire ejected, probably could have found him as well probably but like but you're saying he had nothing to do with it I'm just saying like it's, it's a slight correction like he was the one who tracked him to Cloud City and then informed the empire yeah he did track him but I mean Vader's the one that set up all that stuff that actually put him in the carbonite. So, I mean, sure. without yeah. that, I mean, Han Solo probably would have escaped because he had done eluded uh, Boba Fett through who knows, God knows how many movies, uh, you know, if you were to, like, co- you know, combine them all together. So, no, I mean, I get what you're saying to some degree, but you could have had IG-88 do that, or you could have had Bosk do that, or, hell, you could have just had some random uh, uh, 
guy like in the first movie that tracked uh that told the Empire about uh Luke and the droids, the little dude in the black hood or whatever. I mean you could just have some random yeah, person the, uh track the him. dude so, in the black plague Boba outfit. Fett was a yeah, cool character. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, so I mean yeah, so I mean Boba Fett was a cool character, but he honestly did nothing. And that's why I think fans want a movie about him to to kind of build upon his character to do him justice. Because, I mean, he just he was there, and then he died a stupid death. Like, I don't yeah. even know if you could compare. I feel like, honestly, Phasma probably went out with more honor than Boba Fett did. Yeah, honestly. I mean, not much more, but I would probably say, yeah, a, a little bit more. Well, you know, if the they could have the least in, Exactly, yeah. Yeah, but if they kept that deleted scene in, oh my gosh, dude, that would have been See, so but, okay. that would have been so badass. And, and that is that is in essence what I'm saying, okay? So like you you had to include this this whole sprawling plot for all of these different characters, including Benicio del Toro's character and Rose and all this. And it, so what you ended up having to do in order to, you know, give the film, you know, a slightly less running time because it was already for lack of a better word bloated you had to cut out phasma's like badass scene um because it though it was super cool it wasn't necessarily important to the story of the movie but you lose little things that fans want because your story is so sprawling um so that is really kind of what i was getting at that maybe that would probably be my biggest critique of honestly both movies um, but probably more so The Last Jedi. Even though I'm with Dane, I, I much prefer The Last Jedi um, to The Force Awakens. Um, but anyway, let's uh, let's get away from our, our uh, Star Wars diatribes um, and uh, and move on to our last uh, few topics. Um, uh, Taika Waititi has met with Marvel to direct a future upcoming Marvel film. Uh, Kanan, any news on what film that might be or any rumors as to what it might be? Could it possibly be Guardians 3? Uh, I saw a couple people discussing this on Twitter as soon as the news came out. Um, uh, one person suggested that they did not think it was Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and that they felt it was more related to uh, possibly Eternals. Um, but I do think that Guardians of the Galaxy 3 could still be on the table uh, if things work out uh, with uh, Taika's uh, schedule. Because uh, I think he is currently finishing up a film or he's about to start one. But, um, you know, according to the report, they've actually stopped production or pre-production on Guardians. Uh, they've told mm-hmm. the people that were working that they could actually go and do other things right now. Uh, so it looks like they are going to kind of push this movie out, which could definitely set up, um, you know, Taka to be able to have the uh, the ability to come in and do it once he's finished filming uh, his other film. Or if they give it to someone else and he does Eternals, uh, that would be uh, pretty cool as well. That's the only thing I could see for now, uh, him really getting. Um, and actually, I, I think pushing Guardians out might not might not be the the worst idea because it could give them a chance to piggyback uh, on to the Eternals uh, film to give that cosmic vibe. And then by then, sure. uh, the settlement with Fox would be finished. Then you could start introducing uh, Fantastic Four characters like Galactus, uh, Silver Surfer, 
um, characters yep. like that. So I, I think this honestly could be good for uh, for Disney. And there's speculation that this now will push the uh, Black Widow movie uh, up even sooner. Uh, I don't know when they're actually going to get started on that, but they're they're saying that that could push that. I don't know if anybody's actually interested in a uh, Black Widow oh, movie, yeah, I am. but uh, that's that's what we definitely might be getting uh, in the place of Guardians. I I am totally down for that. I am so interested in a Black Widow movie. Um, Dane, what are your thoughts? I think that if you're going to pick a movie. For him to do, I mean, Guardians 3, uh, based on his humor and the fact of how he was able to, you know, uh, work with Jack Kirby-esque sci-fi style shit, like within Thor yeah. Ragnarok. Stuff that I did like about Thor Ragnarok, that if it wasn't, I think the things that I didn't like about, it's not that it wasn't a bad film, because I can even say that about Iron Man 3. It's just that the stuff that they did within the movie, I guess, I guess in a lot of ways, Maybe I was doing something similar to what people were doing with The Last Jedi, trying to write the film themselves. Maybe that's where it is, but I thought that his direction and the cinematography and all the, the amazing stuff, like the visuals, like very Jack Kirby-esque, was awesome. So for him to take over, I, I think we'll go over with the fans more so for Guardians 3, now that James Gunn is officially not going to be a part of it. Um. I thought there was something, and I was racing through Google trying to find this out, where he uh, was said that he won't be doing it a while back, or maybe it was a rumor. But if they're meeting with them, I'm assuming it's for this, because I can't think of a lot of other things. Maybe the Eternals, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, They're not really jokey at all. Oh, he did say that. I'm sorry, Kanan. Um, Well, now I feel like a dick. (laughs) Uh, uh, Where were you at? Yeah. I, I, he was I, racing I, through I the internet, Kanan. Peter Peter Griffin must have tied him up again. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> no, I'm just yeah. That's not Peter Griffin. But no, uh, I I think that there are certain cosmic characters that you can do some humor to. I just and Guardians just makes the most sense. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. It just makes the most sense out of all of them. I would I would hope that it was going to be that. If not. I mean, I would love for him to do Deadpool, obviously, would be a cool character for him to fuck around with. But how many years until that's available, I have no right. idea. So, yeah, it's got to be someone funny, basically, to match his humor. Unless he wants to try something different and do it more serious. He's probably a lot more broad of a director than we give him credit on what we've seen. So that's that's what I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, kind of similar to as we, um, you know, kind of alluded to earlier with Edgar Wright. Um, but yeah, I, I, to me, I, I find it. I would find it to be very coincidental that um, Disney meets with James Gunn, you know, basically to what they said out of respect for what he had done for them or whatever, um, and then they meet with Taika Waititi um, very shortly thereafter. If I had to guess. The, and, and this is just pure speculation on my part, of course. Um, I have no sources. Um, but uh, if I had to guess, I would say that meeting was had more to do with um, Disney sitting down with James to basically say, look, we're, we can't bring you back. Um, you know why. <laughs> um, and, but, you know, we, we would like to discuss with you, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to do our best to, to – 
save a little bit of face and, and keep your scripts, which I think, um, as far as I've heard, is the rumor they are going to keep his script. Um, and who would you like to direct it? And it would make perfect sense to me that James Gunn would say, well, hey, Taika Waititi um, would be on my short list. Um, so I'm sure they probably met with him about that and said, hey, like, we – like you're on James's short list of people that he would like to see replace him. Um, so you have his blessing. Um, and, you know, we would obviously, you know, we have a very good relationship, existing relationship with you. We'd like for you to do it. Um, like I said, just speculation, but that would make a lot of sense to me for that chain of events to line up. So um, let's, let's keep our fingers crossed because I think everybody, you know, thinks that uh, Taika Waititi could pull it off. Um, and, you know, I, I really do hope that, you know, they do use James Gunn's scripts, um, you know, and, and kind of give that to Taika and, and let him run with it. Um, and, you know, we can get, you know, the, the kind of final chapter in the, in the Guardian series um, that, uh, that we deserve and, and, you know, that the, those characters deserve more importantly. Um, anyway, let's, uh, let's move on. Uh, there's a new Sherlock Holmes movie with Will Ferrell and John C. Riley called Holmes that is coming out. Um, I, I want to hear your take on this, Dane. I, I'm, um, Interested in it, if for no other reason, it's been too long since we've seen, seen Will Ferrell and John C. Riley uh, on on you know screen together. Um, but uh, but what what's your take on uh, on this p- potential new Sherlock Holmes comedy? You know, a going back to the well, but the well I don't mind them going back to because <laughs> I love Will Ferrell and John C. Riley do a stupid movie together. And now yeah. this one's called Holmes, and on the and, and on the poster, it's both of them like with their arms crossed, like they're white guys trying to be, you know, like a cool rapper, basically, like an old, <laughs> older dad, forties, like yo, what up, Holmes? That overpronounces everything. <laughs> Malibu's most wanted, yo. Yeah, exactly. But uh, <laughs> it, it, it looks just in concept. The fact that I know that these guys are so good at improving, and that they're going to just be bouncing off of each other the whole entire time, and most of the stuff that we're going to see is just ridiculous shit that they say together that we loved about Step Brothers, that we loved about Talladega Nights. You know, I, I, I hope it's the same director. I forgot. Is that Mike Goldberg? Um, sure. I, I, it's one of those guys that does all those movies, Peyton Reeves. Um, but I think it would be a lot of fun, and uh, we could use a good comedy. I'm just hoping that it's not going to be another – strikeout for Will Ferrell because I feel like he's been on, on kind of like a, a drag lately with his last couple of films. I mean, the only one I can remember in the last couple of years is that one that he did with Kevin Hart when he went to jail, and that was all right, but that's about mm. it, man. He played a politician in the movie not too long ago. That was all right, too. I, that, I one was, these two that one was okay. Element. That one was with Zach Galifianakis, and that one was actually pretty yeah. funny. I Yeah. It was all right. I was expecting it to be funnier because of the two guys, but it, it didn't it didn't strike me as much. But I just want to see them make another funny movie and me to laugh and, and giggle like an idiot than playing Sherlock Holmes and Watson. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think uh, 
I wonder, I just wonder if they're going to try to pull off, like, the, the British accents. Um, I hope so. Like, I hope, I hope that's, like, an ongoing gag in the movie. Um, like, the, how their accents change or something like that. Like, I feel like that would be very apropos for a, for a um, Will Ferrell, John C. Riley movie. Um, but, yeah, I mean, anytime you, anytime you get those two together, I'm, I'm going to be excited about it. Um, but, Dane, uh, real quick before we pass it to Kanan. Or not, Kanan, what's, uh, what's your thoughts? Uh, funny story. So there was a poster released for this film a couple of days ago. Um, it was actually, um, we got it from fandom, but I saw that Rotten Tomatoes had actually posted it. Uh, uh, Fandango had posted it. Of the poster that Dane's talking about, Holmes and Watson, where they're standing there and they're kind of like throwing up gang signs, but the gang signs look like an H and a W uh, for Holmes and Watson. And we got a letter, we got an email from Twitter yesterday saying that we had been DMCA'd by Sony uh, for posting that poster. And, of course, I went and looked online, and they had removed it from fandom and Rotten Tomatoes and everybody. And I'm thinking, Sony, we're giving you free promotion of this film, and it's a poster, so please calm down. Uh, but anyways, I just thought that was funny that uh, they they took that so seriously. But uh, no. Uh, yeah, get your get your blonde film together, Sony. Like, leave us alone. Yeah, Sony, get your yeah, Sony. When yeah, you you know, with your Spider-Manless uh, uh, Marvel universe you're putting together. <laughs> but anyways, uh, no, I mean, Dane's right. I mean, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley are like perfect together. I know they're not related in real life, at least I don't think they are, but man, they are like, they play off each other so well. Um, Step Brothers is still one of the my favorite movies uh, with, with either of them, um, and I think that that's kind of, kind of be the, uh, the similar take uh, on the film. Now, I know that uh, Riley can do a really good Irish accent. I'm not sure about his British accent, but if you've ever mm-hmm. seen Gangs in New York, he's actually in that movie. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh, he does such a great job. He actually does a really good job in that film, uh, and he does an Irish accent, yeah. so he definitely can, he def, he definitely can pull, off, uh, pull off the accents. But, no, I'm excited for this movie, and it comes out uh, the same weekend, or the week, it's either the weekend after or the weekend, the same weekend that uh, Aquaman and Bumblebee and all them other movies come out. So, dude, it's going to be a huge month of December for films, but uh, no, I, I'm looking forward to it. I just I thought that was funny though that Sony was actually like telling everybody to take it down. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I guess they wanted to release it when the time was right, and the time wasn't right. Um, but uh, yeah, that is that is pretty humorous. Um, anyway, we got one more topic, guys. Uh, Rob Zombie's sequel to The Devil's Rejects, uh, entitled Three from Hell is slated to hit theaters in 2019. I don't know how, but we, like, I can't, I can't speak for you, but Dane and myself, like, this is flown totally under our radar. Um, the, the reason that I, like, um, had, had kind of picked up on it, uh, my buddy had, had sent me um, the, the link to the IMDb page for it, and apparently... Uh, Rob Zombie is on tour right now with Marilyn Manson, and they're showing trailers for it. 
um, at at the shows, um, like a little teaser trailer. Um, it's, it's really nothing you need to check out. Uh, I watched it. It's it's, it's almost nothing. Um, but uh, nevertheless, I absolutely love the Devil's Rejects. House of a Thousand Corpses is is very enjoyable for what it is. Um, it's kind of a, like an homage to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, and The Devil's Rejects is, uh, to me, like, one of just the, the weirdest, funniest, like, craziest, quirkiest, like, horror-esque, bloody, you know, road films ever made. Like, it is, it, it's a masterpiece, in my opinion. Um, but I, I love this. I, there's not a lot of information as far as what it's going to be about. Do have my fingers crossed that it will delve into the supernatural and our our three main characters, uh, uh, obviously being Otis, uh, Baby, and um, Captain Spaulding, uh, will be resurrected from hell and wreak havoc on some unsuspecting uh, victims. Um, because to me, that would just be perfect as far as. You had your slasher homage movie. You had your, like, road action movie. Um, and then you have your supernatural movie to kind of um, put a cap on this trilogy. Um, I don't know that that's what it's going to be about. Um, I've read a couple articles that say it's not going to be about that, um, though they're just speculative articles. Um, I, I have not heard anything from Rob Zombie himself, or read anything, rather, from Rob Zombie himself. Um, but nevertheless, regardless of, of what route they take, I am totally on board for this. I can't wait to see it. Um, I really hope it goes into theaters. I hope it's not just a video on demand thing because I really want to go see this in theaters. Um, but, uh, Kanan, I know you're a big fan of horror movies. Um, I know you're also uh, a pretty big fan of Rob Zombie's work. Uh, what are your thoughts on the, uh, Three from Hell movie that he has? Slated to come out next year. Uh, well, actually, uh, I met one of Rob Zombie's, uh, you know, kind of go-to actors uh, at FanFest here in uh, Nashville uh, back nice. in May, uh, Jeff Daniel Phillips, and we actually talked about it. Um, the, the second day of the event, he was actually wearing a Three from Hell shirt, uh, but he told me that. Uh, this movie is going to be Rob Zombie's masterpiece that apparently Rob nice. Zombie has went and just, you know, laid it all on the table. And that when we see this movie that we're going to be blown away. I mean, that was his exact words. He said three from hell is going to be Rob Zombie's masterpiece. So, um, you know, that, you know, that, that says a lot. I mean, especially, you know, I know he's in the movie. Jeff Daniel Phillips is in the movie, so, I mean, of course he's going to promote it. But, I mean, that that's that's pretty big because, I mean, there are probably people that think some other Rob Zombie films might be masterpieces or they may not look at them like that at all. But I'm really interested to see, uh, you know, just, you know, where they go with this film. Uh, I've not seen any of the videos. Uh, so if you said that there was a, a video about it, I'll definitely have to go and uh, check it out. But... I'm yeah, like I said, see, it's just you know, it's like splice. It's splice clips. It's it like it it. There, it's it. 
it's very much a teaser. Like it's not even like like a new age teaser that actually gives you anything. So is that the one that kind of just like puts together stuff from like the, is it like clips from another movie or is it actually from, cause I remember seeing uh, something that was put out that looked like it was clips of the characters, but they were from the other movie. Yeah. And it had like the, 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 uh, names of the characters flash up on the screen. It was, it was shot from a Rob Zombie concert, the one that I saw. So like, um, okay. So that's what, like, that's what they've been showing at, at his concerts. But yeah, like, I don't know if it's, actual clips from um from the new movie or not but i mean it's it's it doesn't show you anything at all as far as what to expect from this movie so um yeah no, but anyway like I said, uh, though go ahead. Yep. no no that's about all i got on that one though all right dane your thoughts my thoughts i'll, I'll keep it quick because for some reason my ass reflux is bothering the heck out of me so um basically uh, I love Rob Zombie. Uh, well, I love his first two films. I think that he has a great eye for horror. Uh, his shots, very much like Toby Hooper, like we already said, you know, Tech Chainsaw Massacre, which the first mm-hmm. film, which is my favorite, actually, out of the two of them. I love Devil's Rejects, too, but like his two films. He has also, like, a, you know, um, he has an eye for horror, basically. So these were I, – I wasn't a really big fan of a lot of the other movies I saw from him. Um, I think he's a good director. I just didn't – connect with them, especially the Halloween remakes. So to see him go back to what he originally got, you know, got him started seems really, really cool. And I think that he'll nail it. So, yeah. Absolutely. I, uh, we're, I think we're all kind of looking forward to this. I mean, um, at least the three of us, I can't speak for Joel and Juan, but you know, I, I, the three of us are all big fans of the house of a thousand corpses, uh, first you know the first two movies in that series and very much look forward to um what what you know should probably be the bookend to this trilogy um and the fact that i i heard Kanan too i heard something i read something somewhere about somebody saying that this would be um rob zombie's quote-unquote opus or masterpiece or something like that um so i uh the, the, the fact that you 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 know you talked to one of uh, the the mainstays as far as his actors and they and they kind of said that um, kind of echoes something that I read earlier. So I mean that's just got to get you excited. I mean, I, regardless of you know your thoughts on the Halloween movies because I'm I'm kind of with Dane. Like I don't I don't think I think I like him a little more than Dane, but I'm not like, a huge fan of him. But like those two movies are so good and. I don't know. Devil's Rejects is my favorite, but you know, like they're both terrific in their own light, and they're both so different. So I'm, I'm very much hoping that this one will be very different too, um, but still connected in, in, in these movies, um, which you know, to me, just kind of keeps it all fresh. Uh, but anyway, um, that's gonna do it for us uh, for tonight's show. Uh, Dane, uh, Wrestling Geeks Alliance, this Wednesday, 7 o'clock, correct, sir? Yes, sir. Listen in, guys. We've got more to talk about with wrestling. I hope you guys have a great night. Indeed, sir. Uh, Kanan, uh, any any articles you want to highlight that have been uh, published recently or that are coming out? Uh, well, I mean, we got the Deadpool 2 Super Duper Cut uh, giveaway going on, so make sure you check out that article. 
Uh, and also just check out our site in general at uh, gvnation.com. Uh, we're posting stuff uh, around the clock, and uh, we're trying to stay on top of all the breaking news. Indeed, sir. And as always, Full Court Press will be back on Monday, uh, 8 o'clock, to cover all of the week's NBA action. And uh, be sure to tune in to all of our shows. We uh, also have Top 10, uh, as well as, um, shit, I forgot the name of the other one. Uh, There's another one that we do sometimes, something about geek history or something. I can't fucking remember what it's called. Dan, do you remember what it's called? <laughs> Anybody? We do top ten and uh, Geeks Against the Grain. That's Geeks it. Against Geeks the Against the Grain. That's the one. Uh, so, like, yeah. look out for that oh one, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, sorry. I, this whole hosting thing got sprung on me. Juwan was supposed to host. I'm, 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 I'm filling in. Late notice. Get over it. Uh, anyway, uh, we hope you enjoyed the show, uh, and we will see you next time. Until then, uh, have a good night, and uh, keep it geeky, San Diego. Throwback! Peace out. Peace. Adios. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.